Welcome back to The Way of Love, a show about following Jesus and changing the world. I'm Sandy Milian, and I'm here with Kyle Oliver. Thanks, Sandy. This is the third installment in our series from The Way of Love live show at the Rooted in Jesus conference in Atlanta. And you know we couldn't let Bishop Curry off the stage without answering a few questions from the audience. That's right. Just one quick heads up. Our last question came from the Reverend Tim Skank, co-founder of Lent Madness, who joined Bishop Carey on stage. If you don't know about Lent Madness, it's a bracket-based competition where participants vote on head-to-head matchups of saints until finally a champion wins the Golden Halo. So if you want to see the bracket that they talk about in their little impromptu strategy session, we put a link in the show notes. So enjoy the show and be sure to stick around until the end because we have a bittersweet piece of housekeeping to share. This is for you, Bishop Curry. What do you find is the greatest challenge in your ministry? Well, it does come down to, and I think this is a tension that is always with us um, because religious faith that is not embodied in tangible, real ways and forms becomes ethereal and doesn't do anything. That's a preface to answer the question. Probably the, the, one of the greatest challenges, at least for me in, in this position, is navigating the terrain of the core of who we are as a movement of people who follow Jesus and his way of love. I mean, that's what Jesus movement is about. A movement of people who are passionately committed to following Jesus of Nazareth, his teachings, his example, his spirit as the center of their lives and being part of a movement that tries to live out his way of love in our lives and in the life of the world. The tension between that movement, which is, that's the origin of Christianity. That's the origin of the church. That movement and the institution. (laughs) Y'all with me now, you see where I was going. And and living in that tension, because you can't throw out the institution because Something has to be embodied. You got to have a form. You got to have an organization. You, you do. Um, you know, I mean, the, the, the March on Washington in 1963 didn't just happen because Martin Luther King had a dream. It, it, it happened because a man named Bayard Rustin was an organizer and knew how to organize, manage, and administer a dream into a tangible reality. And so you need the institutional embodiment. You need the organization, but the organization must serve the movement. And the temptation of the organization is to want to dominate the movement and control it. And that's the tail wagging the dog. And so one of my struggles, and I think we're working at it as a church, is how to have the movement move the organization where it needs to go to serve the one who is the Lord of us all. That's, and, that, and I live with that tension. I think we as a church, I think anybody, we, we live with that. And that's always a daily struggle. Thank you. Another question. Okay. How can I love our unjust president? The other day, I actually said I hate him. I, 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 yeah, I hear you. You know, um, and I'm not talking about President Trump now. I'm talking about anybody. My experience of life has been that anybody who hurts another person does so out of their own hurts. That's just, it's just true. And I may not know what those hurts are. 
And my job is not to engage that person based on how they hurt, but to engage them on who they are as God created and intends them to be. And, and for those of us who, who seek for a just society, those of us who seek for a society where children, in a world where children don't go to bed hungry, who, who really do seek and work and labor and pray and pray with our feet for a, a world where children, everybody has an opportunity for an equal education, where our borders are porous because borders are a creation of man, not of God, where, where, where all of God's children are welcomed as children of God. Those of us who believe in inclusion, that's got to include even those we profoundly disagree with and believe are wrong. That if you really want to have your mind blown, go on online and read, you know, the, the hymn, there is a wide, there's a wideness in God's mercy like the wideness of the sea. Well, we only have a truncated version of the full poem um, by Frederick Faber. Go online and read the whole poem. This was written in the 19th century. And, and in the whole poem, he talks about the love of God. You know, the verse says the love of God is broader than the measure of man's mind for the heart of God's eternal and is most wonderfully kind. Read the whole poem. It talks about God's love being so big that it will not accept even the borders and limitations that we impose on God. That's how big. That, and so I got to love even those I disagree with so much so that I'm not willing to let them stay the same, that I want to help them to be better, at least help the context around them to be better. And maybe they will. You never know. Maybe they will change, too, because the truth is. I don't know about y'all, but that's the kind of love that I want God to have for me. <laughs> so I might as well give it to somebody else, too. <laughs> So God can give it to me. <laughs> All right. Amen. How do you hope to grow the practice of evangelism in the Episcopal Church? How can we all do that? How can we all do that? Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, I really do believe, one, it's occurred to me that part of the key to helping evangelism become a natural spiritual practice for us in the Episcopal Church is really to grow the way of love that a number of you have been involved in curating, which brings together spiritual practices, various kinds of prayer and meditation and hospitality. It's like spiritual practices um, that have been around a long time. This is nothing new. What those actually do is they put us somewhere in the orbit of God's presence and reality. And the longer you're in that presence and reality, God's being becomes infectious on our being. I mean, you know, you may say, oh, prayer, meditation or whatever. You know, oh, that's nice. OK, that's nice. Well, all I, all I got to do is, is to tell you that um, when you read the third chapter of Exodus, when y'all know about third chapter of Exodus. Oh, Lord, have mercy. Um, <laughs> That's, that's the story of, of Moses when, and, yeah, now you're with me, when Moses, you know, goes up Mount Sinai and he didn't know he was going to have a religious experience. He just saw a light up there and was curious. 
And so he went up the mountain. Remember, he kind of left all the sheep and went up the mountain and got up on the mountain and he saw this bush that was on fire that was burning. He was seeing deeply into the reality, the textual reality. He was beginning to see not just the surface. He was actually seeing into, beginning to see what, what's going on. And he sees this burning bush that is burned, burning but not consumed. He hears a voice. That's what we call meditation. That, that, that's, that, that's, what, that's what we call seeing deeply, listening deeply. And it is out of that practice of meditation that Moses goes down from the mountain, because remember the Lord said, I have heard the cry of my people who are in, in Egypt. I have seen their affliction because of their taskmasters. And then the Lord says, I have come down to deliver them. And now I will send you to Pharaoh to tell him to let my people go. It is out of the meditation that the man goes back to Egypt against his own desire and sets the captive free. Spiritual practices are not just ethereal things. They are ways of coming in contact with the living God. And that is like coming in contact with a, a consuming fire that does not hurt, but heals and helps. And I believe profoundly that when we as a church, if we can get some Episcopalians on their knees, Episcopalians in front of burning bushes, hearing voices, look out world, because here we come. Then evangelism will happen. Then social justice will happen. Then, then we will light a fire that will change the world. Anyway, that's Thank you. Okay. I understand we have time for one more question, and it's coming from a special guest, Tim Skank from like. Oh, Tim, oh, I'm in trouble now. Okay, uh, Tim. All right, Father Tim. Bishop Curry, would you be willing to fill out a 2020 Lent Madness bracket? Oh, 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 yeah. Now tell me where I got to well, go first. Well, yeah. we, we have 32 amazing <laughs> people who are rooted in Jesus. Yes. Here they are. They sure know Well, perhaps, perhaps some of them aren't like Joshua. He might not have been rooted in well, Jesus. Yeah, but, but his name in Hebrew actually is Jesus' uh, actual name. Oh, is there we Yahshua. go. Yahshua. Anyway. There we yeah. go. That might give him an advantage. That, I, that I, it definitely I does. I don't know. So if you'd like to fill out a bracket, kind of like Barack Obama with the NCAA. Okay. All right. Right. Now, where do I start, though, for this? Uh, the, the thing is, you can start anywhere you like. And if, if you would like to fill, out, fill it out... Uh, you can, or you can just go through and, and decide who you think will win the 2020. Oh, I can do my quick pick. The, 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 the golden halo. That, that may be the way to go. Oh, right, well, you know, I mean, now, now I'm going to tell you, the, the one I love, but he's not going to win, is Jude. <laughs> Y'all don't know, Jude, in the, in the Catholic tradition, Jude is the patron saint of hopeless causes. <laughs> that's what we call an underdog. That's the underdog. He's not going to win, but, but, but Jude is all right with me. But you know who I think is going to... Wait, 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 if I predicted, that may not happen. They may vote the other way. That's the chance you got to take. Okay. You know, well, we, there's we, some so, really good ones over so here. So we do begin with Thomas More versus James DeLess, so you can decide who more or less... You, you oh, okay, we'll go with more. What do I do, just check? We're going to go down each one? Can, no, you don't have to. You can. Yeah, more is going to get that yeah, one. okay. Yeah, Maura going to get All that right. one. Elizabeth's going to get the next one. Elizabeth of Hungary. Sure. Oh, yeah. I, well, Evelyn Underhill or Jane Solomon Russell. I don't know which one. I'll go with uh, uh, Evelyn. Yeah. I'm going to say that one for last. Um, Marjorie Kempe. I don't know Marjorie Kempe. I don't know oh, she that has the gift of. She had the gift of tears. She, she liked to cry. 
Ooh. Huh? Wow, okay, well, I'll go with her. Then we got Brother Lawrence and Patrick. Well, wow, that's a, it depends if we fill that one out on March, Patrick's going to get it, but I'm going to go with Lawrence. We got Hildegard and Romanos. I don't know Romanos. There's a hymn writer. Hymn writer Hildegard got that one. Okay. <laughs> and then we got, oh, I love this one. Elizabeth the New Martyr, and I, I, she's a new martyr as opposed to an old martyr. But anyway, we got Elizabeth the New Martyr and Gregory of Nancyansis. I'm going with Elizabeth. Gregory, y'all like Gregory? All right, we're going with Gregory. But here's the one. Now tell me who Julia Billart is. Oh, I don't remember. <laughs> I think she was a Canadian. Who? Do you know who she was? Well, this is, she, this is why we have the same. She stacked up with Harriet Tubman. I'm sorry. Harriet Tubman is going to go all the way. <laughs> so we mentioned at the beginning of the show that we have a piece of news that we wanted to share with all of you. So I'll hand it over to Kyle. Yeah, so some listeners may remember that uh, when we were just starting the show, uh, less than a year ago, I had just moved with my wife, Kristen, to a new city. And I will say that making this show and making the show with you has been a huge part of what has made that transition vocationally and emotionally meaningful for me in the midst of all the craziness that comes with uh, moving and trying to find your feet in a new city. I have been incredibly grateful to work on this project with you and with, with Bishop Curry and with all the folks on our team. And and now another time of transition is upon me. You know, but our mm -hmm. listeners don't, that uh, my wife and I are expecting our first child. And at least a little bit connected with that has been the desire for me to go to a uh, more traditional work situation where I have one job instead of many jobs. So I'm going to be starting a communications job at Church Divinity School of the Pacific and doing some teaching there. And that and the kid is going to be all I can handle. <laughs> so you'll be working with a with a new co-host, we think, TBD. But I just want to say thank you to you for being so fun to work with and getting to sort of be on this journey of discipleship together. No, I couldn't agree more. Thank you for allowing me to be part of, of this project and in your life. Um, I'm not found a friend. It's been such a blessing to learn from you, to learn from, from our listeners, to learn from all the things that we hear from Bishop Curry. But the most rewarding thing is, is, is again, the friendship we've built. I'm definitely going to miss you, but I'm also very excited for this new phase in your life. And I wish you and Kristen the best, and I'm sure we'll cross paths later on in our lives. And maybe you'll be one of our guests in the in the upcoming shows. Who knows? <laughs> I was uh, I was giving Bishop Curry this news on a recording session with him the other day, and he said, "Well, we'll see you around the church." <laughs> yeah, it's so funny to think most of the episodes of this show we made before we had ever met each other in person. That's true. <laughs> After months and months of meeting weekly and recording shows, we finally got the opportunity in the fall, I think, of 2019 to meet in person. And it was as if we've known each other forever, even though we hadn't met, met each other in real life. But <laughs> <laughs> it was just so funny how people still don't believe that it felt to them hearing us uh, uh, share our stories with each other and they felt that we've had uh, you know we've been friends forever but which is which is 
amazing, yeah. <laughs> I think. There's a group called Story Center, uh, and their motto is the shortest distance between two people is a story. So even though we live on different mm. sides of the country, I think we've, uh, we've we've shortened that distance with each other, and and I hope with our listeners too. Well, thank you, friend. It's been really, truly a privilege. And and thank you all for listening to the show we've been making and keep listening because we've got some really great things in store. Thanks for joining us for this live episode of The Way of Love. It was produced by Kyle Oliver, Nancy Davich, Jerusalem Greer, Jeremy Tackett, Chris Sikama, and me, Sandy Millian. Our editor was Kyle Oliver with assistance from Aaron Winston John. Special thanks to Stephanie Spellers and Bill Campbell. Our theme and reflection music is by Ana Hernandez. Our website is by Caleb Heitzman, and you can check it out at wayoflove.episcopalchurch.org. You can subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts, and we'd especially love it if you rate and review it or share it with a friend. If you'd like to contribute a prayer or music or feedback, write us at wayoflove.episcopalchurch.org. You're invited to join thousands of Episcopalians, neighbors, and friends this summer at the Love Always Revival at the KFC Yum Center in Louisville, Kentucky. On Saturday, June 22nd, get immersed in inspiring worship and community, deepen your love for God, kick off the 81st General Convention, and extend a warm welcome to folks discovering the Episcopal Church. The revival is free to attend, so bring your friends. If you're from a neighboring diocese, check in with your diocesan revival champion to find out about group travel options. You can find more information along with registration at iam.ec lovealways.